All right. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, let me wait. Let me put this towel over my head here. Hold on. Come on, this son of a bee. Come on, baby. All right. All right, let's see if that works. So, first off, you'll notice... Ooh, I don't know if this is helping. Uh, this episode is going to be... Oh, for, <laughs> cut it, cut it. No, no. Oh, it might be a little echoey. I worked to... Um, to alleviate that, right now I have a wet towel over my head, like I'm getting stoned on a frying pan, man, uh, to see if I can curb the echo, and of course I'll, I'll correct that here in the next couple weeks. So uh, it's, it's not so bad, but just a heads up, and more importantly than that, uh, we found out this past week that Harry Anderson of Night Court fame, Judge Harry T. Stone, passed away too young at 65, and... Uh, you know, we're just saddened by that. You know, as comics, people that talk about as comics, as people that talk about comedy, perform comedy, love comedy, we love that man. Um, this is certainly not a promo, but most of you know we also do a podcast about Night Court. Have a good Night Court, and uh, I mean, I think that's just an example of how much he and the rest of the cast uh, has meant to us in our lives. So we just want to put an R.I.P. out there for Harry and. Uh, you know, send love to the comedy heavens where he's shining a clown nose and doing some badass card tricks for Kevin Danson. Kevin Danson? Ted Dan- Wait, is Ted Dan- Ted Danson's alive? Oh, man. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. All right, baby, yeah. I like that I'm energy. doing it. I'm committing. I'm committing to it. Get us up. Get us up and moving. I had one of those days where I'm trying to like get energy. So I'm drinking so much coffee. Have you ever had a day where like just even coffee's not working, but you're drinking so much coffee that like you're kind of throwing it up a little bit? Sure. Oh, yeah. You drink coffee like it's gin or whiskey. Yeah. You just really. And it just, you're just like hurts your stomach you're like why do I, why does my stomach hurt like sometimes like in like sometimes i definitely remember it you could actually s- smoke yourself sober like when you're smoking weed you smoke so much weed that you're just like oh, it, it right. plateaus i should say not sober but it plateaus sure. so you just not only do you not get any more high because you can't you start to come yeah. down because your brain's like I can't like a little bit of not being able to breathe is fun because that's what makes you high, like the the the, sure. the cutoff. Yeah. But too much now I'm tired because I because I'm like a fat jogger, like and you can right, drink your yourself sober. So it's right, like your body's telling you to like I I should shut this shit down. I'm shutting it down. That's what it is. Yeah, meltdown. We're gonna do a soft reboot. You're gonna crash and we're gonna wake up, but you got to just stop. Stop while you're ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, I I'm with you. Uh, so welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> with me, as always, is Doctor Hans, Doctor T, my cohort in crime, Hans Freiwald. And with me, as always, is my core horse in crimes, <laughs> Case Van Heel. What is cohort? I wonder what the what the etymology of cohort is. Cohort. Cohort? Co- cohort? Cohort. Co, meaning together. Hort. To, yeah. Hort, some old, pretty, pretty, timey thing, which is also yeah, a, it's new a thing. It's, it's, 
Look it's like a hobbity word. Yeah, it's definitely a hobbit words. Yeah. Which makes it so supremely British. Of course. Because Tolkien was so British, he hated when Lord of the Rings got popular because he's like, I hate hippies. Don't like this. And they're like, it's groovy, man. The rings like like nuclear warfare, man. And like the hobbits, they smoke weed. And he's like, no, weed means tobacco. Yeah. And there was, I mean. Get away from me, Hort. There was nothing more like trippy than those early iterations of like visual iterations of Lord of the Rings. It's weird, right? So like the, the throwback, like in the mid 20th century, like the pushback from war created Mm -hmm. all these hippies. Yet, yeah, Tolkien came out of an era unlike any other era that will probably experience war again before it and after. And yeah. all those people were extremely headed reticent against war and anti-war, but they were still like asshole, like just jerk, like assholes. Well, it's like I I uh, was watching something or read like. That post World War One era, like he is of that, because yeah. you know, you you read the you read about it, you do the research, and he, he was writing, or not necessarily writing, but like hanging out and doing like we were just talking about, drinking so much coffee it makes your body hurt, right? But just like riffing about, like, what if we made fake history? Like, what about fake history? So him and his buds. Or just hanging out and riffing, riffing about hobbits and like where all of this mythology was. And if it was real, where did it go? Oh, man, there's a Middle Earth. And then all of his friends died. Oh, they fucking died in the fucking war. Oh, so this was pre-World War One. Yeah. So it was like that. Got it. Okay. Groovy. They're hanging out. They're at Cambridge or Oxford or one of the two. Sure. I'm getting more hippie to spite. James R. Tolkien, I guess. Uh, so they were all just like riffing on this stuff, and then all of his friends died in the war, and he was one of the ones to survive. So he put that weight on his back and was like, this has to be something. And so he created Lord of the Rings like out of like church guilt. I feel like I'm Which glad, is why it's such a dirge. I'm glad that his I keep picturing like one of his like I'm of course like in his animated friends going off to battle and they're like, you know, bonded for life, but like his fat Kevin Meany looking friends like <laughs> yeah. if anything should happen to me, please see that King of the Brooch <laughs> yeah. is made into it sees the light of the bookstore. <laughs> right, yeah. Just this horrible story. It's like, uh, that's what we could have uh, ended up with if he made too much of a commitment. Uh, Jerry's just like, his mom had a brooch or something. I'm like, <laughs> so attached to it, his aunts. It's about, about all these bosoms. horns that live know. in hobbit cubes, hort cubes. Everything was square. <laughs> oh, now I'm just imagining. They're always eating you- dessert. You, me, Mitch, Justy, Henning, all hanging. Like, what would the jerk practice Lord of the Rings be? Like, if we all went off to war and, like, you were left, like, with the the ashes of homemade jeans? Like, homemade jeans would be the one gene to rule them all. Uh, Well, that's the thing, though. We would all be like, please, (laughs) let our sketches live on as we all just get on 
paddle boats to Canada. <laughs> Just the, sa- the saddest form of fleeing, which is the boat where you have to actually pedal your pe- not paddle, yeah, pedal boats. Is that what they're called? The worst you- uh, yeah. uh, um, aquatic device ever is the pedal boat, or is it paddle boat? The one you pedal with your feet. Oh yeah, that's a a pedal paddle boat. Pedal boat? Is it a paddle, you, got, paddle you, boat? you got it in my brain, man. I uh, don't know. You would always like be like, all right, well it's a thing, it floats, it's like a toy. And then you just end up out there with like your aunt and you're like, This is gonna take two hours <laughs> to get back in. I'm stuck out here. Please write a story about me. <laughs> King Not of the my brooch. Aunt. Yeah, so Tolkien hated, but that era, like that's where all of the like classic Universal monster, silent movie sure. horror came of from. Of course, like that's why people got into like Lon Chaney. Like he had a fucking epic career, and like you know the Phantom of the Opera, like that reveal of his like gnarly ass face. The reason all those horror movies, silent horror movies, right. were so popular is because. Your real. fucking uncle came back and he got <laughs> mustard gassed and his face is made out of tin. Oh god, there's So he's more horrific more than a monster. Tin faces, yeah. I mean, there was I was listening that's probably why it's on my head. I was listening to something today and like so these hippies are like, "Don't commit us to Vietnam, man." They're putting advisors in Vietnam, man. In one day, in a few hours, the French army not casualties, deaths, 27,000 soldiers died in like four hours. Yeah, you're going to get some Frankenstein. You're going to get some Nosferatu's out of that. That's the entirety of our hometown plus. I was thinking that. Three of the smaller towns around it. Like, just drop a bomb. Just drop a bomb around where we lived and just everybody's just gone like, but you would think, like, that would be, like, pleasant, to, for a, a right. weird way to, to say it, is if it was just a bomb that took him out. This was just... just incinerated. It, it's, yeah, this was just guys having to run into streams of Gatling guns or whatever the fuck they had over there. Just like, oh, give was it, it going. Oh, it was a Gatling gun, yeah. God. So just that crazy. machine gun nest. There was And a- you're like, I think it's mud? It's poop, it's blood, it's piss. Like, yeah, oh, it's, God, it's yeah. Mud. So, like, the artillery shells or whatever it was was so intense that soldiers that would try and cross no man's land would actually fall into some of these pits. Oh, that's the one thing <laughs> that skeeves me out about yeah. all of it. You, I was like, you're going into it and just... Ugh. They just drowned in, like... In what? Like chemicals and gassy waters and it fill with like blood? It's just, it's fucking water gutter mud. water. Oh. And they would die because their rucksacks were too full. Oh, yeah. And they would fall in and get pulled down because it's just like swamp. It's like quicksand. Mud, yeah. Except it's like poison. Yeah, exactly. So it's just poisonous. It's like if you could pluck a, a, a marine and drop him on like fucking Jupiter. Like, it's just chemical slurry poison. There is this song. Now I know what I was listening to. It's an addendum to, of course, another podcast by Dan Carlin. He has, like, this addended hardcore history, which is just, like, an hour. 
And there's a new one where it's like a side, like a guy he quotes a lot in his Hardcore History is a, a great podcast if you want to check it out. That has an amazing four-part series that I'm sure we've even alluded oh, yeah. to. Uh, if you have yeah, 12 hours to kill to listen to podcasts, it's the best. It's amazing. And yeah. He just does four parts about World War One. That's intense. Uh, like uh, beginning to end. Countdown to Armageddon, I think it's called. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is like an, he has an interview. So a guy who wrote a book called The Great War, and he's like the authority on World War One. This English guy, he's just come out with a second, a new book about the last few days or the last battle and the and the waning days of World War One that isn't talked about much. And one of the reasons uh, he talks about like because the war was being escalated basically right up until the end. In fact. Uh, Haig, who ran the uh, British Army, like sent thousands of people to their death just to keep up face, even though they knew they were signing an armistice. So these guys, it was in the air, it was in the ether, like, this shit's done, it's over. And he's like, go over the top! Like, thousands, thousands of guys died. A lot of Americans, too. Um, But he talks about, I was like, oh, we gotta get this. I, I, I apologize for not remembering. I'll put it on the 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 Facebook, the name of the book, but he talks about the weapons that were, like, what would the war have looked like had the war extended to 1919? And he's just like, you cannot fathom. Like, if you think the casual, and of course it's all hypothesis, but based sure. on the weapons that were being rolled out and being approved and being built, and he says it was all on the Allies' side. Is all on the British side, the American side, because they were fresh, essentially, not Britain and France, sure. but they had this insurgence of American troops and but money. But America was late enough, and they finally got that, like, infusion of yeah. war, which we have yet to not need since World War One. that infusion right. of, like, oh, our economy works best when we make sure. weapons. The uh, the thing he talks about though is apparently they the British spies or whoever had snuck in because Germany was at the forefront of the gas market, but they couldn't oh get God, this yeah. one gas right, and somehow Britain got it's it's like Wonder Woman got the plans and started <laughs> working Poison? on it, and Germany couldn't perfect it, but Britain had. And it was it's it's documented that they were gonna roll this shit out, and it's called particle gas. So there was something, the gas, even though you had a gas mask, somehow it seeped into your skin and this particle or whatever it was caused you to instantly vomit. So you vomited in your mask and you couldn't stop. So you had to remove the mask and then upon removing the gas, the mask, then the gas would finish you off because you would inhale it. Part of us is like, this is insidious Jesus. shit. Oh my god. No, it's like, oh. Had somehow, like, uh, yeah, I don't know where those, I don't know where those people would have come from, but if Germany could have fought another year, like, holy shit, they would have, like, wiped them out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, or the the, the thing is, he also hypothesizes the way that the shift turns so much, it's just like, that one fluky thing that could have been all it took, you know, or or whatever whatever it was. Uh, oh, man, what did that just... The gas... Oh, but the best is... Well, now I'm just... 
I, I, if it were me, and it probably would have been, or it was my recarnate. Well, and that's the what guy, we're getting at is yeah. that you and I, the things we seize onto, like we were talking about that hardcore history thing where he talks about the possibility of not getting blown up by like these big Bertha gun. It's a giant fucking gun. It's a, you know, like this monstrous thing and it took you know, like two trains to pull it yeah. and it shoots this giant shell and blows up. Not getting blown up by that. It's falling into the hole yes. that it leaves and then choking on poison water. Like that's Cause, what cause I Because that was like. the thing. They were stuck in the hole so long they couldn't resist finally taking a <laughs> slurp of that. So thirsty. <laughs> oh, God. Totally, yeah. Um, but I was saying, there is I'm no sure noble it... death for historic you and I. The first time that, of course, the first time that apparently gas was unveiled on the German side, it was done on a windy day, so it went back their direction, and I just have a feeling that was great Grandpa Frywald is like, let's do it. Kicking the tops off those paint cans. But isn't that the thing? Isn't that how they decided? Stops to smoke a cigarette, he's like, oh shit, (laughs) run, too close. But isn't that how they decided it worked so good, is that it ended up coming back and hitting them and they were like oh shit this, this stuff's good, good. <laughs> Sucks. no yeah because it was the oh, yeah no yeah like <laughs> all those dumb poor germans fuck them do you, can you imagine like what a like because the first time because it was literally a heavy gas right so the first time it it yeah. takes time you can see it it is a horror movie it is the fog yes you can see yes. it descending and the first time you see it, you just go, what is that, like a, Norm McDonald, what is that, like a funny cloud? What's that? What's like, a, look at that, is look that at like that a... fat cloud. <laughs> yeah. It's all like fucked up. melts your buddy's face. Hey, oh, Hans, God. get over here. I I think that cloud is, uh, I think it, I think it's a uh, drunk. Look at that cloud. <laughs> it can't, it can't stand up. It's just crawling. I've never seen an <laughs> Asian cloud before. I didn't know we were in uh, the Viet Cong. I don't know who that shifted to. That shifted to like some eighties blazer up. No, but arm like that, comic. like sort of like sidesteps into uh, that whole idea of like London fog. Yeah, like I don't know if you watched. Uh, there's that Netflix show, The Crown. I've never seen it. No. Um, but one of the episodes, which is really cool, because it gets into the whole like, of course, like London is foggy, like any. Like San Francisco, kind of known for fog, but the idea of London fog happened to be because it was that post World War Two era, and it was just smog and poison from all of their factories that were like cranking oh. hardcore after World War Two. So it was just that horrific, horrible. And, you know, like, now it's a horror movie trope, and it's like, ooh, foggy old London. That's that's poison. Like, that's car exhaust mixed with, like, oatmeal. Like, it's just, it's that, like, Norm MacDonald, like we were talking about, like, yeah, like, yeah this, uh, that fog's pretty funny. Why is that <laughs> fog so thick? Why, uh, why do you think they named an expensive jacket company after it? Because it was Americans that made it. Oh, that wasn't a London? Oh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was see. That's just me being poor. So like when we had and you finding know, out a thrift store, like, money, I was fog. like, what do they get? They they import their duds from London, eh? 
It says London Fog. Ooh. Yeah, oh. no, that was some guy from Kentucky. <laughs> I, by the way, I was at a, <laughs> I was at a, we were talking Frank Thomas last week. Boy, were we ever. <laughs> and I was at a thrift store. And the reason I laughed is because I was apparently at the thriftiest of thrift stores. And I don't know. It's like one of those times where you regret not getting the inside scoop. So what mm-hmm. first, what leads me to this is I came across a blazer and I went, wow, that's the ugliest blazer I've ever seen. It was just like crazy colored plaids. And I sure enough opened the suit coat. I must have it. And it was a, a Frank Thomas original. <laughs> Shut up. No, what? it was. But but based on the fade and the the wear and tear, that was Frank Thomas that survived Verdun, you know, like... <laughs> But, uh, um, so I was, so that was the thrift store part. This was a Goodwill, but it was like the, like North American Goodwill headquarters because it, which wasn't impressive. That makes it sound impressive. All it meant. The term headquarters (laughs) makes it like, ooh, ooh la la. So they have the main thrift, they have the thrift store you're thinking of, but then they have an attachment onto it. That's just, it's, it was called like Goodwill Clearance. And I was like, <laughs> Goodwill Clearance? I just picture like, I'm at the Goodwill headquarters. Ooh, where are the LCD screens with graphics? And they're like, uh, CD? We got a CD section. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. So you're at Goodwill Clearance. Clearance. I'm like, what does that mean? Does well, that I make got... it expensive? Is that like a double negative where it's like. This is bad, bad. Ooh, that means good. So this is where you buy anything and it's by the pound. This is Mexico City shit. Uh, I mean, I think that's fair to say. No, that's probably not fair to say. So, um, well, this this seems very... I don't know. It doesn't matter. Do you get to choose the pound or do you load up like, like it's the Brock's candy section, but of stuff? It's just you get to choose what the pound is of stuff, and or is it like a th- you just like ooh I got pound A pound B pound C and it's like a surprise? No 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 you just go around there's these card tables just piled full of shit, and you go around you. and you find it and you're wheeling around like a hamper basically. Oh you you know what it looks <laughs> like? People were wheeling around. You know how they those like those. Fake prison escapes where the guys get in the laundry chute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. wheeling those around. And so I'm like, so, all right, I'm not a... <laughs> this is, by the way, this is not me above this. In fact, I was like, this is cool. That you, it's just but a like, bunch of people trying to escape from their life. Right. So, I mean, it's just like, there's no care whatsoever. Like, it's a pile of books, but like, books that are open from the inside no binding care you know what i mean like these books were thrown vehemently at, at the table so like books are piled dishes broken dishes like and so i'm going around we were getting some dishes and we got some dishes and we got some buttes and they weighed them and we got like an entire dish set for like two dollars which is great that's how it yeah. should be but there's something i didn't hear an announcement or something that was in the paper that i didn't know about Cause all of a sudden I just start looking and this place is filling up. Huh. 
and people are scouting their spots. Definitely getting into like stances. <laughs> Is this how the purge starts? Right. And I'm going, something's up. And I look at my clock and it is definitely like two minutes to two. Uh-huh. And then I overhear, but like, it's, it's a big place. So I didn't, but like people in vests came out and said, all right, everybody. All right. It's two o'clock though. Wait for two o'clock. I go, <laughs> be civil. What's going on? And then two o'clock and whistles blow and like crazy, like supermarket sweep. People start Ooh. piling stuff, just in- indiscriminately stuff into their baskets. So I'm assuming at two, like from two to two fifteen, the <laughs> incredibly cheap poundage goes like half off, and people were fighting poundage? over shoes. There was two people that, like one, like they were like couldn't come to an agreement, and it was like. They each had the other, they each had two shoes. Yeah. So put them together, they each have two pairs of shoes. But, but they had, had two the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> they had the opposites and they couldn't come to an agreement. And meanwhile, I'm going, you're losing time. You're losing time. But go for the turkeys, you idiots. It's supermarket sweet. Big market items. Oh, man. And I accidentally, so this, I didn't realize that those push carts were. Uh, people's push carts. I didn't expect, I thought those were just things that were like, you know what they looked like? People that were putting stuff out onto the tables. So I accidentally put oh. my hand on, so it's like, oh, that's a cool old timey white suitcase. And I put my hand on it. Like, yeah. Like, I was like, all right, all right. I understand. <laughs> okay, okay. I collect them. It's like, okay. All right. That's, that's fine. You could have just said, this is mine. We could, we didn't have to have this whole dialogue. But uh, yeah, that and then the next to clearance, Goodwill clearance was the um, Goodwill computer store. It was a separate store, and it was. I mean, this is the headquarters for sure. Yes, but the computer store is like these are all things that should be heaved onto a pile in China. <laughs> you know, they should just be stripped for parts. Like, you know, sure, yeah. they should be poisoning a small rural village in China right now because they are obsolete, not fun, obsolete, not fun. Like 1992 right. you would Apple. put it in your house yeah. as a fun little like, oh, look at my quirky old. I, I, I took it apart and hung it on the wall. Like, right. Or do you want to play an old Game Boy, like an original Game yeah. Boy? No, this is like PlayStation 2. Like. Uh, this is, you know, this is like a Dell from 2008. So it looks just new enough where you're like, oh, I could probably do something with that. Nothing. You can do nothing no. with that. Don't plug that into it. your house. Yeah. That thing has a virus, like an actual virus that will make you, <laughs> you sick. Particle gas. <laughs> Psst, it just spits in your face. <sighs> I'm just laughing at the idea of those, like, a pile of books that are like a de- deboned chicken. So you're like, I got the first half of Huck Finn and then the last half of King, King Arthur's <laughs> like a Court. cookbook. Or, yeah. or what was it? Yankee and Confederate Arthur's Court? I don't, I don't remember. I've only seen the movie. Clearly, I tried to reference Twain. And I-, I got that middle part of uh, Ace Ventura 2. <laughs> when nature... What? I, I guess I'll never know. 
What does nature do? It's in his nature to say, alrighty then. It's like you just write the, uh, that is like, that could be a fun new gig. Remember how there used to be novelizations of movies? Yeah. My mom won't let me see Beetlejuice, but I can read the book because it's in the Scholastic and it's just like the script for the... Or like, do you remember those old spinner racks? Like they, they're spinner racks that used to have comics. Like Mm -hmm. that's the classic, like, you know, hey kids, comics, but there were also spinner racks with like paperback books. Sure. Absolutely. And it would be like novelizations or like those... Amazing, like Frank Frazetta, like yes. pulp magazine collections, yes. and it's like Conan or or whatever sort of barbarous character, and yeah. like a busty woman, and they're like fighting a snake. Absolutely, and it's always right next to the smut rack. But so- I do remember that from the Seven Eleven in Watertown. Like being a kid, there was a summer where we lived when they were. The house I lived in in grade school was being built, so we spent a summer in a duplex, which was right by the library. So I would there were two, I would walk to two gas stations. One had movies. Oh, interesting! I know where you were at. I didn't know that's a dark part of town. Oh yeah, it's like it's that's a block haunted. and a half a block and a half away from the high school. Yes, but it's like there's a lot of as I recall, there it's almost like the Black Forest over there. There's not a lot of light. Maybe that's just no. the the way I colored it because it was always me being dragged to the library. Uh, and then I'd wa- I remember being in the Seven Eleven, like of pop culture fame, the Slurpee, all that shit. Sure. There's the back room that used to be an arcade. Yep, and then it became a smoke room. The smoke room slash smut room, yes. but they had a spinner rack of books, mm-hmm. and they were like secondhand, like paperback, like. They were secondhand pulp magazine books, but like they some were some of them. Some were, were used down. Yeah, huh? What the hell putting their use was like Travis Stuckey. Didn't he work at the Seven <laughs> Eleven? The guy who restacks the Twinkies is like, hey, I'm done with these. Uh, two bucks. Well, that's pretty noble of him, I guess. But what if? So that trend, like the movie, that's certainly done now. I would think. Uh, I wish it, I think, but that's the sad thing. I think it's coming back. I was saying, let's get on it, but not for current movies. Did they do a novelization of Captain Ron? Did they do a Captain Ron? Did they do an Ace Ventura (laughs) 2? They did. I know they did (laughs) because you were real. Oh, because it came back. That's why it's always in the, in the middle of my brain. There was this kid that was in my class, and we all know him. We all knew him because he gave himself the nickname Ice. Okay, go on. You may not know him by that because he was like, my nickname's Ice, and everyone's like, you're a douchebag. Go fuck yourself. Uh, but in middle school, and I, and it's funny that we mentioned uh, Derek Dahlgren last episode. Dustin? Or Dustin, excuse me. Derek mm-hmm. was his brother. Dustin, because I was like, we said, like, Dustin Dahlgren is, like, the older brother from The Outsiders. Like, he is that Patrick Swayze. Like, he's the tough dude. He'll protect dairy? you. Is that Dairy? Dairy, I think. Yeah, and just, like, this guy's awesome. Yeah. And so he lived in my neighborhood, and I was like, this guy's tough as fucking nails. Uh, but when we, I was in middle school, 
and our middle school was seventh and eighth grade. And in our eighth grade, like reading class, you had to do. It wasn't really a performance. It was like a book review, but as a character from the book. Okay. And I remember being like little fat, like Jeffrey Dahmer glasses mulleted Casey and walking past. And I remember seeing Dustin Dahlgren dressed as a wizard from the Dragonlance books. So he did his performance as the... The wizard character, which I knew, I was like, he is Raistlin, the g- golden-faced wizard. He's the like, King Hort. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, but there was a kid in my class, so I was like, "What am?" I? Mine was barely better than his, so I, I, I will not cast the first stone. I'll cast it at him because he was being a douche. So the guy who gave himself the nickname Ice, he did it as Ace Ventura. Oh, boy. So he did his book report. So basically he did, and what it was was like a five-minute report where you were the character. So it's kind of like stand-up. Yeah. So that's what he did, and all he did was movie references. Sure. So he was just Ace Ventura for five minutes doing all the references, and he was like, yeah, the book I chose was the uh, novelization of uh, Ace Ventura. Well, are you talking number one or two? I believe it was two, but he only Uh-oh. did one. But he, that book might not one. exist. He might just try and to it, be crafty. He told me because he was like, yeah, this doesn't really exist. You know, like he was like, I'm claiming that I'm doing the novelization of a movie because right. it exists for the first one. But he didn't read it. He just did. He just cribbed the bits. There was no, but there was no book to read, right? No. So. Oh and A, he killed. Which uh, irks me beyond yeah, belief because sure. he fucking killed. And B, it didn't exist. He cheated. Fucking sheep. And Can you when w- I did it, I wasn't. I didn't go to kill. I went for authenticity. I was Han Solo from the <laughs> oh, a Star Wars novel. From another book that, or from Tales from Jabba's <laughs> Palace or something. I wish it was. It was like from a series where like Han Solo and Chewie get trapped on a mining planet. Ooh. And they have to escape. It's a good book. I believe it. So I, I did an honest, fat little me dressed as Han Solo, telling a classroom full of people who could give less of a fuck. Like, and then Han and Chewie found themselves in quite a predicament. <sighs> An just... old dickhead Ice comes up after me and goes, oh, behave. Oh, my God. Can you just imagine? Like... How quickly time shifts. We're talking about J.R. Tolkien and yeah. how, like, can you, like the schooling that they had, like the 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 amount of poetry they memorized and could yes. retain, and the not they didn't have to do book reports because they were just to read and have actual conversations interweaved intertextually into philosophic conversations where they could just quote uh Nietzsche and who or whomever and we're like they're like and the teacher's just like please read one book and write one page on it and you're like talk about Norm McDonald yeah yeah I'm gonna yeah. do Star Wars yeah yeah uh yeah it's uh Star Wars uh yeah so I'm uh Han Solo and uh yeah we crashed on a planet and uh, I'm like hey Chewie this is uh quite a predicament uh, and then uh, then we fight these uh, aliens, and uh, we're good. 
Yeah, my friend over here, he's going to do uh, Ace Ventura. You know, he's a funny guy. Uh, a funny, that, funny those guy. are movies, gentlemen. No, 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 no. They made books out of them. Yeah, they had books. I think it was the same class. <laughs> I think instead of doing something, I just, the weekend prior, my parents let me watch Braveheart. So I did a report that was me just talking about Braveheart. Amazing. Of course. That I was just like, so then this happens and William Wallace is an American hero. He's not from America. American hero. <laughs> well, uh, Mel Gibson is an American hero. Mel Gibson's not from America. <laughs> Braveheart is the best movie ever. He's a racist. <laughs> F. They, um... So I just yeah, that, so like going back to like memorizing poet like yeah, I got to talk about the first installment to a fucking Star Wars book. When I was in college, this is it's just like the 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 bar is so low it's you can trip over it. When I all we had to do for one of my introductory creative writing classes, she's like, yeah. we have the whole semester, one poem. The caveat, and it was like, oh man, and she's like, the, but, and it was like, roses are red, violets. She's like, <sighs> it has to be a liter, a, like a, a po, a poem by a real poet, uh, uh, um, and it has to be the gas. When she finished this sentence, the gasp that went out of the collective, and it has to be five lines long <laughs> it's like oh my god it was like uh, the way they throw people under the bus like the one person was like I'm just gonna get it out of the way and did you know like in every poem by the way was five lines long Oh, exactly. Uh, oh, and very, there's some E.E. E. Cummings, like E-E-I-I-O-O <laughs> apostrophe. I'm done. But it's like just the way that the viscera the cut each other down, like somebody's like, I'm just going to do it this week. And they're like, oh, brave soul. It's like, where <laughs> am I? And then, but this, but I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that's college in America. Oh, granted, yes. I didn't go to Columbia or... Any of these, but, but like, I want you to talk to some of them and ask them to recite, you know. Uh, that's just a more expensive version of what you went to. I'm sure it was still like, oh, God, I got to fucking. Right. It's just, it's just, yeah. So I can just imagine. I wonder, I wonder, because my first thought when I was, when I put myself, when you're talking about your book reports, I put myself in your teacher's mm-hmm. shoes and I was like, but in retrospect, I wonder if I wouldn't be like, yeah, let's see it. This is going to, you're going to want to do what? The novelization of Ace Ventura? Yeah. Yeah, let's cool. do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, of course, because those people are us now. Right. Or younger versions of us. Like, you can't believe I would have been chomping at the bit to be like, <laughs> I can't wait to get to that teacher's lounge and tell you what this fucking fathead decided to do for a book report. All right. We just exactly. did the first 20 minutes of Ace Ventura. But, or I gave you, him a C. Are you so beaten down by that point that you just can't even see the joy in how insane that is? I guess I don't know. Like Probably the curriculum not. is so intense where you're like, or the standards are so lowered out of your um, 
realm of, you can't even change it where they're like you're like all right here's what i'm gonna do we're gonna memorize these poems they're like oh no 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 we've no 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 we need some good grades we need to focus on the regionals or the regents or whatever the fuck uh well like, i guess let like, do like, a future when i was at uh mcad and i think i brought it up a few episodes ago when we were talking about Stephen seagal that same teacher that i had the the one who was like a professional screenwriter and worked in Hollywood. <laughs> there was a moment in that class and it totally like, it was a fun class, but it was kind of like a gimme. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. cool. We're just gonna watch movies and write about them. So it got to that point where he was like, okay, we're writing. Uh, you got to do a paper about, and I even, I don't even remember what it was. And he just like that day we all handed in our papers. He's like, this is inexcusable. Like he just, the class that day was him just, dressing all of us down because he's like you didn't no one's trying like fuck you like fuck you you're wasting my fucking time like are you serious like you guys actually think what you handed in was good writing and mine was so it was the thinnest of thin it's like the perfect college essay because it was like i talked about colonel kurtz and it was like totally of that time because it was like the three movies I was watching at that time were right. Apocalypse Now, Fight Club, and probably Usual Suspects. Sure. So I was like Kaiser Soze, Colonel Kurtz, and uh, whatever fucking the character from Fight Club was called. And I like thinly weave them together as one thing. And he was like, this is inexcusable. Like, I remember how shitty the paper I wrote for his class was. I, uh, and he was just like, no, you suck. You suck. And he looked at me, but all of us suck. Of course. Like, so I was yeah. like, huh, was like part this of is inexcusable. Group, like, you yeah. guys all blow. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess there was, and I, I uh, we had fun last week, and I don't know what the, the more, well, I guess I do, because I'm bringing it up right here. The, the, the ethics of it all is. So in my screenwriting class, did I take, in, in one of my screenwriting classes, we it was an intro to screenwriting. It was college yeah. level. We all had to um, hand in treatments, and they were incredible, incredible. Oh sure, yeah. But and I say that not out of place of of judgment because uh, I think I have yet to read mine on here, which will be fun. But everybody else is like are crazy, and you just go like. But, like, actually put a lot of effort into it, so as much, mm-hmm. you know... Right, it's... Ash and I just watched that episode of Threat Level Midnight. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah, There's so. a level of, like, earnestness yes. in, in bad mm-hmm. in bad screenwriting, and then there's, like, being, like, too artsy-fartsy, and yeah, then sure. there's just not giving a fuck. So this guy... So after... We're all just sitting through, like... Us trying, and I let me put myself in their category. We're just trying to put a, it, it was a short, right? It was like a 10 minute short or something. And we're reading through them and we cast it. And, but everybody, like, you can tell they're trying because it, this guy is a professional screenwriter who's teaching it. He was mm-hmm. like an adjunct. Yeah. And he was very, the main thing he focused on is making sure you formatted your screenplay right. Um, right. Cause you use cell text or you use, you know, um, mm-hmm. what am I thinking of final cut? No. Uh, final cut. Yeah. That's a yeah. version. Yeah. Um, anyways, so this one kid, he's like, all right, he's going to do mine and it's my favorite. And I think I have a copy of it cause I think I edited it for him 
or like we had to peer review it. And I've told you about this guy, but this is the instance of this guy just going like, cause, cause there were some pretty loose screenplays at this time, but like this one, he was just like, no, no, no. Like he just lost his mind, but the, but he got like, he got away with it. Cause you can't really attack somebody's artistic content. But you can no. if it's like formatted like dog shit, and everybody else's was right. formatted fine. Like that's where you can pick it apart because it's like, how do you? And I, like, I'm putting myself in the position of these like professors. Like, if you were teaching a screenwriting class, you can't give someone an F because it's a bad idea, right? Because that's all subjective. Exactly. Like you, like I give you an F, that script will probably make money. So it's like. I can grade you on if you have bad punctuation in the format. So like, but I can't give you a a grade for a terrible idea. But this was a terrible idea. (laughs) And I could feel the heat. I could feel the heat coming from his face as this guy's, because it's basically like this, this guy's a screenwriter. He's not making Mm -hmm. money in the screenwriting game. So he's an adjunct professor and there's not a lot of money there. So he's doing this as a side gig, and then this motherfucker comes in and takes the easy course and just shits on the profession, right? Because the screenplay mm-hmm. was literally like, daytime, night, the bitch is horny. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> baby. I'm saving this. So then it would get into the dialogue and be like, Susan, you're a bitch. And then it'd be, enter. Mark, you're both bitches, and bitches get knived. And he's like, "Stop it! Just stop!" Like it just went on for page after page. He's like, "You don't have a cell phone. You can't afford it, bitch." And I was just like, "Oh my god!" And he was reading it with like, see, the issue that was getting him so much more heated on it is he was getting laughs. It's kind of like your instance with Ace Ventura. He he brought Ace Ventura to a fucking book report. Right. Yes, you don't... Yes, exactly. Because he's getting laughs because he is putting that... He was kind of a weird dude, so he's putting that affect on it as well. But then people are snickering it because it's so insane. And then he picks up on the snickering, so he starts snickering while he's laughing as though he intended it. And you can just feel oh, this guy. No, this guy's like, I wrote on queer as folk. <laughs> <laughs> that was his big credit. Right. And this one fucking episode. wise ass, this wise acre is just like, yeah, I wrote this 10 minutes ago. And everyone in here loves it. They're loving it because yes. it's just fucking so dumb. It's so surreal. But then also, he's selling it though. He's fucking selling it. Like, that's what er- it's like. On paper, you could read it and be like, this is really fucking awful. So, the best, this is, you would think this is the best class period, but he threw down the gauntlet and said, this is unacceptable. I'm not going to pass you with something like this. You better get on it. <laughs> and so he comes back, but he's on it. Not on it, but he's at least formatted it. So he just played oh, his God. card. So it's dog shit, but it's formatted? Now it's formatted. So now he's got to critique him because it works the same. Gangbusters. Because now he's Bait had up. peer reviews. And his same peer bitches. reviews are like, can you use other words other than bitch? You know, and he's like, you're a 
skunk. Like, you know, like, I don't know, just insane insertions. Skunk. So now he's got to find, the professor's got to find an in because you can't let this guy soak it up again. So now he's got to yeah. break it down. And the guy comes back in my heart. He's like, wait. Stronger, baby. I'm stronger. So you said you- bitch one couldn't call bitch two because she didn't pay for her cell phone. But in the next scene, she has a cell phone. He's like, that's his baby's daddy's cell phone. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, it's coming down. <laughs> oh, man. I, but anyways, must find reason in this unreasonable world. So somewhere, I think I have that, and I'm asking oh you God. the ethics of it, of reading that on the podcast. I say, skunk this bitch. Should we skunk? I ain't it, got bitch? a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna dig. If it you out have it, let's read like. My ethical was like, if we ever make money off of it, we got to give him a cut. But otherwise, I don't give a shit. Well, this same kid, uh, we ended up transferring to the same schools, but he uh, transferred a year after me. Uh, this kid ignored me in the hallways. Is he so I was the skunk. <laughs> You're the skunk. The I based it on you, you skunk. bitch. <laughs> Didn't you like my skunk line? You skunked it. <laughs> Uh, so I guess the I only way to earnest make, notes, <laughs> the only way to make it, uh, equal is if we read his, we have to read mine. That and, is fair. And, and I'm not saying that cause it's going to make mine look good. Let's just put it that way. Right. I can already, it's, yeah, it's going to be the same scenario where this guy's going to be killing it. He's going to wake up just going, someone's laughing at my script again. Right. Exactly. Bitch. It's going to be baby big hurt time, I think, because I can already picture it. <laughs> it's very baby you had mentioned hurt. You mentioned artsy, and I think it's artsy. I don't remember, but I think it ends with like, maybe he didn't. Like, it's just like, it's right. It's it sounds trouble. like the, uh, I've never seen the movie, but I know enough about the movie, The Room, the Tommy Wiseau movie. I've never seen it either. Yeah. Which, you know, and then they made the, James Franco made the movie Disaster Artist. But then James Franco made a few, and now, out the door. I was in a room with him. He did that to me. Did he? He stole my seat while on the set of The Deuce. And that's not a euphemism. No. Euphemism? Is that a, is it euphemism? He asked to watch me poop. (laughs) Speaking of poop, I... But he was a gentleman about it. Did you see there was something online, it was on Instagram, or it was a BuzzFeed story about... (laughs) About... uh, And she's a comedian, too. You knew her. You knew her. We knew her. um, Anyways, they gave her... This is a story about how they actually don't wash the blankets on on flights. Because she unfurled her blanket on Delta, and there was just somebody had just taken a shit in the blanket. A human shit. A human shit. Yes. Not an animal shit. No, no, it wasn't. Somebody didn't pick up some dog shit. Somebody took a shit in that blanket, and they just wrapped it up and put it back in the bag. The effort involved in that. Sure. I guess slow clap? Like, gross. But, like, that's my thing. Did they, like, put, scoot the blanket and then shit in the blanket? Like, 
next to people. Like I'm just picturing like planes, trains, and automobiles. You got Dell sitting next to you, snoozing so away, you and up. you're like, I ain't gonna be able to get up. So you like shit on a air like an airplane blanket and then scoot it out and roll it up. Who shits like? Because the way the story was, it was like a shit that fell out. That's a dry, like that's a, like a dry that dog poop log. That's like a skeleton bones are in there. Like that's, <laughs> right. that blanket's been in there since the recession. <laughs> Whatever that generic term recession is, I don't know what that meant. But um, oh my god, I was uh, speaking of the reason this is coming out a few days late is because I was supposed to fly out last weekend. And I had a Dell Griffith. I was supposed to fly out at 10 o'clock in the morning, and my flight was delayed till 10 p.m. I should say that the flight took off at 10 p.m., and I had given up at 9.30. As you should. Like, finally, I was just like, because I was flying into Boston, and then I had to drive to Maine, and everybody's like, just don't. You, this is stupid. Everybody's going to wait up for you now to drive. Have four hours, three hours, four hours. It would have been like I would have gotten there like two in the morning for it was like a, it was a memorial service for the next day, but it's like nah, I don't want to. We now we got to wait up for your ass. But right, yeah. If you want to see you. human emotion, like at a, ten, at eleven, yeah, just sit around a bunch of people whose flight keeps getting delayed. It's oh. unbelievable. Uh, yeah, you don't have to tell me. It's happened like it's it's now not even a joke anymore. Oh, do you get when, bumped all the time? Uh, Ash and I have gotten like comedically screwed on flights. Really? Flying to South Dakota, like honestly, almost every time we've ever flown there. Like it's like uh, delays or like next day kind of delays? No, or? like Del Griffith levels of. Welcome to Wichita. Uh, no, like no joke. We got stranded in Sioux Falls during the polar vortex in in Chicago. Oh, okay. So yeah, we stayed yeah. a night and we're like, do 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 do, drinking beers yeah, and cool. eating pizza in a hotel room. Like it's fun. We're missing work, and then it settles in and we're like, oh, we may be here for another week. Right, right. But they so cover I'm that, a, don't they? I'm on a laptop. Ashley's on her like on the phone. Because she it has, has to go to work. Her years in a hotel, like she's like, fuck you. I know how to talk to these people. I know how to talk to airlines. Yeah. So we're both coming at it. And we're like, okay, we can fly out in six hours. We'll fly to Dallas. We'll fly to Atlanta. And then Atlanta will get us to Philadelphia. We'll sleep in the bus station <laughs> and then take a, a $6 bus to New York. And like, that's no joke. Like Crazy. And there was one other time, like, and that's because you had to get back to work. It was just like because we couldn't afford to live in a hotel room. They don't like, cover that. Is it like they only cover one day, and they're like, "Me, you got to figure it out from there." No, when we like we had spent like four days like over Christmas, and it was we would go after Christmas, so it was in between Christmas and New Year. So it's just around New Year, and we're like, oh, "Okay, we're gonna go back," and we got to the airport. And it was like, ooh, it's getting, you know, chilly. Yeah. And then, of course, the snowstorm comes in and it's 50 degrees below zero, you know, like sub-zero weather. And we get there and we're like, oh, man, this line's pretty long. Yeah. Eh, I mean, they're getting people out. And every person in front of us 
had been delayed already three to four days. Oh, and they were getting delayed again. So we're like, fuck, we're on a queue that we could be stuck in South Dakota for two weeks. Shit. Yeah. Depending on the weather. So we were just like, we got to get out of here just to get home. Like, there's no like we weren't chomping at the bit to get back to work. Like, of course, you feel anxious about it. But it's like, I can't live in a hotel room for two weeks. Like, I don't want my family to drive two hours to pick us up, to take us back to Watertown, to drive us two hours again. Sure, of course. To... And there was one instance where we were in the Black Hills, and we are like, there's no possible way it could go wrong. It's the summer. Oh, boy. And I had ended up getting, like, food poisoning, so I was sick for, like, most of the week. And we went to this family wedding, and I was like, I think I'm feeling better. We got to the airport, and I was like, I think I'm good. I'm good. Like, I actually feel better. And we're sitting at the, like, restaurant bar, just like, we're going back. We're done. It's over. And Ashley's on the phone, like, talking to her mom, I think. And I look up, and we were supposed to fly from Rapid City to Denver and then to New York. And I look up, and it was literally, Denver was surrounded by tornadoes. Oh. Like, there were, like, two tornadoes from either side. And I was like... We're fucked again, man. And again, we were like, we flew to Arizona and then flew to somewhere else to fly back to New York. I was so, I was supposed to, God, yeah. I don't know. I just, I I had one place to be. It wasn't for work. It was the next day. So I didn't panic. I like just kept, I got up every once in a while. I was like, so here, let me just quickly go down. Here's how the why my flight was delayed and why it kept going back. So their first, as soon as I get there, I get an email saying the flight's delayed, mechanical problems. Uh, everybody, we're having slight mechanical difficulties, but we're out here working on it. Uh, we should be getting it up uh, momentarily. Next thing, um, sorry, folks, it couldn't seem to get that working. We have to decommission this plane, but don't worry, we are locating another aircraft, and we will be getting into here shortly. Sorry, folks, we don't have an aircraft in Charleston, so we are looking for an aircraft in another airport. Uh, All right, we've located an aircraft. It's actually in Boston, where your destination is, and we'll be getting that to you shortly. Um, Folks, unfortunately, they do not have a crew for that aircraft, so they are trying to locate a crew that's going to get that flight over here to Boston. Folks, they've just um, uh, are now experiencing some inclement weather in Boston, and they are... Not uh, clearing anyone for takeoff at the moment. All right, folks, they're going to be taking off here any moment. But due to the snow, there is a 45-minute de-icing requirement. So they're going to be stuck on the tarmac for a little while, but don't worry. Your flight's in the air, so this is hours and hours and hours. Keep in mind, this is mostly people going to Boston. That makes a difference here. Yes, and it does. So we got some it Boston beans, some Boston hotheads, and the best is we're at this one gate where we're supposed to take our flight, but they keep having to shift because things now have to get shifted around. They're using that gate for secondary JFK flights, so they keep oh. bringing in New Yorkers. They're like, uh, "We have a gate uh, change here. Anybody going to JFK?" And it slowly keeps happening. They're like. JFK's like, but their flights are delayed because of weather too. So yeah. they're like, there was a couple instances like, I've already been delayed 45 minutes. And the Boston guy's like, oh, 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 oh. one guy I can picture him. He goes, oh, 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 yeah. Try four out. And the guy doesn't give a shit. But anyway, so then they're like, 
the flight's in the air. They're like, the ladies and gentlemen, your uh, flight's about to land. We're going to get that turned around. Uh, unfortunately, that whole crew has gone into overtime, and aviation <laughs> law says that they actually are not allowed to fly for the next 24 hours. We're going to go ahead and locate you another crew here. And then they couldn't get a crew. And then it was like, I was like, these are Hail Marys. So they're like, well, ladies and gentlemen, we found three of the four people required to have a full crew for this flight. We are trying to contact, and they said a name like Jeanette Binkins or something at her hotel. <laughs> very specific. Yeah. And uh, actually, we've gotten a hold of Jeanette, and she's willing to come in on her day off. And she should be here in about an hour and a half. And finally, I was like, <laughs> right. So I went up to him. I said, look, I talked to them. And I talked to them, and I was, everybody's flipping out. And I know it's not them. Why am I going to, you know. I just that's how that's how you sell the lie. You you put a lot of info in it. You give right. it a lot of context. So you're yeah. like, oh man, this poor Jeanette Bankins is coming in. <laughs> like I feel real bad despite being delayed for six hours. Yeah. Ugh, Jeanette Bankins. Oh, there was there was one time we got scumbagged, and Ashley was like, "Fuck, they're doing it." Because we had it was one of those things where like it's gonna fucking happen again. We're gonna get fucking screwed again. Like it's not funny anymore. So we were in Chicago, and we got in, and, and we were like, the weather was questionable. So they delayed the flight, so we're like, okay, okay, at least we're going to make it. They got everybody on the flight. We sat on the plane for about two hours, and they just kept doing like the Jeanette Bankins thing, like, all right, everybody, please take your seat. We'll be taking off soon. All We're, we're waiting on the flight crew coming in from, you know, Tucson. Yep. And like, you know, and they're coming up and down, selling beers, selling drinks, because everybody's like, we did it, we made it. And like ordering stuff and hanging out and like getting your headphones on, ordering your movies and your TV. And then again, like, it shouldn't be too much longer, everybody. We're just, again, uh, Jeanette Bankins has to drop. And we were like, okay, cool, cool. And then, so Ashley and I are getting comfy and we're like, we finally made it. And hanging out and it kind of drags on, drags on. And she actually looked at her watch and was like, no, fuck this. Fuck this. And I was like, what? Like, what What are you talking about? And she's like, they're going to keep us on this plane until 12.01. And then they'll ask us to leave. Because technically, they won't have to give hotel vouchers. Because the plane was ready to leave. Everything was set up. And if it resides within that 12... So she was like... You know, it was like a Tuesday. So she's like, if they kick us off the plane on a Wednesday, it doesn't count. It falls in this thing. And so sure enough, fucking we're hanging out and we took off our headphones and packed up all our shit. And I was like, please, 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 please. And they're like, all right, everybody. Sorry about that. We're going to have to exit the plane. <laughs> and we got off the plane and there was like, yeah, this flight's canceling. Wait till everyone's off. They're like, yeah, this shit's canceled. Amazing. And it was all just to, like, not have to pay for hotel vouchers. Like, everybody was already there. So did you so then, ask them, like, hey, can we get a hotel? And they're like, oh, sick. sorry, there's, um, it's technically uh, the next the, day. The line was, like, 50 people long. Sure. Because it was our flight on top of other flights mm -hmm. on top of other flights. So Ashley was like, fuck this. And we just used the phone and called the airline on the phone. And through the phone... That's the secret. Oh, absolutely. Called, like, agent, 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 agent. Have them do it. 
and tell you what gate to go to. Don't wait in line. Don't talk to that fucking asshole at the yeah. computer because they don't they know just as much shit as the person on the fucking telephone. Exactly. So we just fucking slept in the airport. That was yeah because that... the person on the phone can't give you a voucher. Maybe the person at the desk could. Most yeah. likely not. Most yeah. likely not. Well, yeah, I was try. I I told. I explained to them. So I actually had on my ticket. It said bereavement fair. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to get on this flight for you funeral, know, yeah. some serious shit. And uh, I didn't say that, but they see that like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mister Prywell. Da da da. Um, certainly didn't milk that, but at the same time, I was like, all right. Here's the deal. I, I tried to get on other flights, which had, by the way, left because they did. I'm being nice, but they do bullshit you. Where I was like, "Can you just put yeah, me on no, this flight over me. here? I'll just get on that one." They're like, "But sir, don't pay attention to the time behind me. That's an estimate. I'm sure you're going to be leaving before that other flight." And she said nope. that to everybody, including Boston guys. Like, drive four hours. This is eight hours later as he sees that other flight boarding right next to him. Oh, God. But then finally I was like, tell you what. I was like, I'm either going to have to cancel this or can you guys just get me a hotel in Boston? So no matter when this lands, I'll just hit the hotel and I'll drive out in the morning. They're like, oh, sir. There's so many conventions in Boston. They've actually been on on the earpiece with me. Not a single room in Boston. And I was like, oh, Sold bullshit. Solid. Bullshit. I was like, really? Not bullshit. a hotel in Boston? A like, There's not even a hotel in Charleston. I was like, oh, yeah, what's going on in Charleston? And again, nothing specific. They're like, just like, nothing. conventions. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> conventions. <laughs> but it's like, uh, just be like, I can't get you, sir. They won't pay for a hotel for you. You have to lie to me and say there's no hotels in Boston. It's so gross how thin the lie has to be to just like, fuck you. You still have to use United. You can be like, well, fuck United. I'm going to go Delta. They suck too. Like, oh, well, everybody yeah. sucks. It is definitely like, they just have you by the balls. Which one kills all the animals? United? The ones where all the dogs die? Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. Or they made, there was one where they made him put the dog. First of all, this is on the passengers. This is his fault. It's, yeah, right. Because yeah. if somebody asks you, like, sir, you're going to need to put your dog in the overhead compartment, you just go, no fucking way. What? what? That's the answer. Yeah, you don't, say, you don't even have to though. say no. You just go, what are you talking about? This person was like, all right. What? I guess. The put overhead compartment? dog in an over, in a dark like you're a monster, and you're if you brought your fucking died. If you brought your dog to my house and I went, oh, I'm sorry, Hans, you got to put your dog in my refrigerator. Right, you have to. Like, put... What the fuck are you gonna do? Like, no, no. I'll go home and drop my dog off, or I, you know what? I'm gonna have to mix miss this mixer. Yeah, <laughs> this convention. Yeah, <laughs> it's book solidants. Not another convention for miles. You're gonna miss it, my friend. Um, I did get a, I got like a flash out of the left. So we just bombed the fuck out of Syria. What? Mm-hmm. Give me the deeds. U.S. conducts military. This is going to, military. This is Trump, Raspberry. And this, I was like, I called this shit earlier in the day. 
because I was like, oh, this is Trump's out today. Shit's getting weird. And he's just going to, he's pulling a fucking Frank um, Caliendo. Who's the guy from House of Cards? Frank Thomas? (laughs) What is it? Frank Underwood. Frank Underwood, yeah. Maybe it will be played by Frank Caliendo. He's he's a <laughs> he's he could kill any. He could do a Give good Kevin Spacey. Just Ooh, Kevin Spacey put Madden. on a little weight. Um, because I saw part of a the the callback to Frank Underwood. Oh, I guess it's spoilers, mm. sort of. But that shit. It, it doesn't. Well, you're gonna start. If you haven't gonna, seen. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> start a war. If you're still listening and haven't seen House of right. Cards. Start a war to distract from all the other horrible shit you're doing. So that's what it feels like because as soon as I walked in the door when I got home, there was excerpts from James Comey's interview with is that uh, Michael Dukakis? What's that guy's name? I hope it's Michael Dukakis. It's not no, Michael Dukakis. I think he's dead. It's one uh, of Mueller? The, it's one of, the, one of the anchors. I forget his name. Um, Stephanopoulos? Yes. Mike Stephanopoulos. Or Greg. I don't forget his name. Doesn't matter. So I would, so it just, they, he goes, do you really, like, I was like, what did I walk into as an excerpt? He just goes, so you really think Donald Trump was with Russian prostitutes? And he goes, um, I never thought in my position I would have to be saying this, but it's most likely that in 2003, Donald Trump paid prostitutes to or paid pro, paid to pee on prostitutes in Russia. Sure, I was like, oh my god, and I was okay. like, that shit just aired on ABC. He's gonna bomb the fuck out of Syria. Sure enough, here it is. It's president like Trump a- ordered military attack against Syrian President Bashar al-Assad on Friday. Join- oh, at least he allied with somebody. Britain and France. Ooh. Britain and France. Oh, it's and it's the, the bigs. It's not like. Zalabanistan and like it's not like Iraq all over again. I love it's Romania. Because didn't Madagascar supply monkeys with backpacks? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it is. Yes, so good. Which is cute, and it's like the perfect. We're in such a weird, different time, but like now to think about it, it's so cute. Like George W. Bush, like what do you got? Little monkeys, backpacks. Bring them. You're on board. Him. Come on, let's do it. But that's the thing. You think about it. Like we were talking about World War One and World War Two. Like. Had like, you know, the the leader of Madagascar said, "I can offer you monkeys who can have backpacks." They literally would have like Eisenhower would have had a meeting where he's like, "So we got a baker's dozen monkeys from Madagascar. <laughs> yeah. They can climb like shit. Like <laughs> drop those suckers in the Black Forest. Put me, you know, like they would have. They had actual conversations where like that I was a it. viable option. It's like those pigeons with like the cameras that were too heavy. Yeah, the. <laughs> What it was the OSS, the pre CIA? They yeah. were like, uh, yeah, we'll attach, uh, we'll put cameras on snakes. God, wouldn't you? I, you know, that that comes up. Like, if you could go back in time or put yourself in situations, I'd love to be. My brain works like that. Like, you mean I can think of the craziest shit and pitch it as though it's a serious thing and it's taken seriously? Yes, we have to do this. Uh, you mean uh, FDR wants to see me? Yeah. So we're I gonna said strap, put a matchbook on a rat's back. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna drop these pills into all the Russians' toilet tanks, <laughs> and it'll make all their leaders think they have bloody diarrhea. <laughs> viable. It's viable. 
Did he go to Harvard? No, he didn't. <laughs> He's no, a you gotta man. Hear, read this poem. <laughs> he went to Hunter. Have you read his script? <laughs> Yo, bitch. <laughs> Pigeons, bitch. Cameras. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like Ashley and I started. There's that. There's a documentary on Netflix, like about Trump. Oh, I haven't. St- yes, I know what you're talking uh, about, and it's. It's it's worth checking out. We haven't finished it. We watched the first two episodes because part of it is they do a really good job of like the time capsule of like New York. So you get to see the New York that he rose up through. Right. Which I always love. Like I love that time capsule stuff of anything. But of course, I have a soft spot for New York. So getting to see like 70s, 80s New York. Sure. Through the prism of this huckster. And it's one thing, like, the the saddest thing about it, and we haven't watched the rest of it because it gets more contemporary, but and I just looked at Ashley, I was like, fuck. He never changed. He has never changed. It's the rest of us who shifted around him. He has been the same fucking person from the outset. Like he is, you watch it and you're like young him and you see these like eighties, eighties mom ladies, like he's so handsome. He's so attractive. (laughs) And you're like, I guess like he's young him and he's just the same douchey fucking arrogant. Like he's not dumb. Like he's smart enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I've seen him on old interviews and and I'm like, he's charismatic. Like he's always got that like. Interviews like Oprah, like he knows like the sweet spots to hit and like flatter he'll give you anywhere, but like And you see it and you're like, Oh fuck, there was a TV show that was just about rich people. Oh yeah. Like you're like, Oh yeah, before the internet they just had a show like and it's not Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. It was a cheaper version of it, but it's like a you know, this old debutante TV reporter from New York. It's just like here I am interviewing the newest of the super rich, and it's young Donald Trump in a fucking gross apartment, and he's just like, she's just needling him to be like gross braggadocio Donald Trump, and he's sure. like, so I'm I'm excellent, and I'm excellent at everything, I'm excellent at business, I'm excellent at living, and you're like, he's the same, he's been the fucking same person. And they talk about building Trump Tower, and it's so gross, it's still gross, but it's like. He's the same dude. Motherfucker bought a ho- fucking two casinos next to a casino that he owned. He was stealing from himself. He was competing with himself. He's a fucking moron. And then <laughs> went bankrupt. Yes. And then didn't pay the schlubs who, like, the fucking guys who were cutting the glass. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's just like the he, laborers. You, you see it and you're like, he's the same dude. It's just, it's sad that the everyone shifted around him to like he has stayed strong he doesn't waffle he's been fucking the same yeah if you can say one one. thing about that raspberry he stays firm and seedy he like god like what did i yeah exactly he is so unapologetic it's amazing he had a meeting today with this lawyer that got raided michael cohen he's like yeah he's still my attorney yeah you're what do you do? Like, he, he just doubles down every chance he gets. Like, there was just some sure. crazy shit that leaked. Like, 
now it's not just he he paid up. Like now there's like serious shit. It's so you think, and then tomorrow Trump will just say he's a turd. He's an airplane blanket right, full yeah. of turds, and it like goes away. Like this, the new thing that came out today is no Trump either this woman either had his child or had an abortion. This playmate. And it's not the $130,000 that Stormy Daniels was paid. This woman was on record getting paid $1.6 million in hush money. And it's I just mean, like... At, yeah. at some point, like, he's a piece of shit. I mean, he didn't do it as president. Like, come on. Come on. Right. Like, fuck you, media. You're the reason he is who he is. Like, exactly. you're the reason. Yeah. You, I, you lapped it up I heard something. Ago. It was like... The amount of airtime that he got for free, free, from the media because he's such a fucking freak, <laughs> would would have been three billion dollars. So he got good. for fucking free uh, because everyone's like, he's a fucking dummy. Like, <laughs> let's give him more. No, don't. You should have gave half that time to fucking Bernie Sanders. Where was the gave metrics half that on time that? to fucking anybody but he sells fucking commercials he his he's got sizzle you have to give him that like people oh, yeah. fucking like to love him and they fucking love to fucking hate his ass love that there it is he's yeah, no right there. fucking milk toast ted cruz like he's like who are like who's that what uh, i don't care like you care one way or the other about Trump, you either fucking hate him or you fucking love him. And there's no middle ground. That's – and so many – like uh, Paul Ryan isn't running for re-election. Like the fucking Shut top up. dog. Did you know that? No, I didn't know he's that. He's not running for – he just uh, announced he's not running for re-election. And I was like, Shut oh, up. what's the scandal? That's fucking amazing. There's no scandal there. There's no scandal. He just was like, I – I can't. I can't. I just. That's yeah. it. He's such a piece of shit. Like I'm not giving him well, any credit, but he just finally was like, "Fuck it." I mean, we won't know for ten to fifteen years, but maybe the fallout of how awful Trump is, knock on wood, being there's not a some sort of conflict. Like he forced some of these people to retire because they would lose young. Like, retire young. Get He's the fuck fucking out of top here. of his Paul game, Ryan. Yeah. So that means the fucking mustache iron stash will win. Apparently they're still projecting that whatever, whichever Republican can like, it's just such a conservative area could still potentially beat iron sides or iron stash, but I can't foresee that. So I always thought two things. One, somebody has got some amazing shit on Paul Ryan, which is great. Cause he's such a fucking, yes. you said milk toast. This was made me think of him, but apparently he's just like, fuck it. Just writing writings on the wall, baby. Yeah. He's young. He's got a career. He's not like a fucking Mc Mitch McConnell. Like, Mitch McConnell's going to fight for that seat until he can't do it yeah. anymore. Like, Paul Ryan has a lot of life ahead of him. So he's like, I can't be seen as a loser. I'll yeah. retire. Yeah, right. Maybe just step away for the time being. Fuck him. Good. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought that was that was some of the good news. But yeah, that's so, that's that. Where was it going with that? Going off of what you were saying. Trump doesn't change. He just waits for people to make the decision around him. Exactly. I'm not budging. Oh, you quit? Which is I, I figured. Yeah. Good. Fuck you. I'm me. Like fuck you, Paul Ryan. I'm not changing for you. Change for me or I'm quit. A, he's he truly is. He's like uh you know who who was the who was the the professional wrestler who was so obsessed with 
his beautiful looks. Oh, gorgeous George. Yeah, that's him. He's just like, I'm beautiful. I only weigh 135 pounds. Like, no, you on record as weighing. It's like, wrong. I'm 150 pounds. I eat magnificently. No, you. Yeah, gross. You told us you eat McDonald's every day. No, I didn't. It's magnificent. Right. Watch the stocks go up. It's magnificent. My book report on Ace Ventura is amazingly funny, bitch. <laughs> Anybody who... Hey, I like a good taco salad, but I never post it on fucking Instagram. I love it. That, Trump Tower makes that's... the best taco salad. Like, where are you? Just, but like, so that's what's... Oh God, just going off on it. That's what's so, like, you would think there's somebody behind the scenes... Like a puppet master, but with a wry sense of humor, but knowing how to get a rise. Like, was there a guy in the wings going, on Cinco de Mayo, here's what we're going to do. We're going to rile him up, pose with a taco salad. Like, I think that was, you think Trump had any idea that that was just a fucking crazy thing to do? Do you think he did that intentionally? I think so. Oh, really? so, yeah. Oh, so he is like a pretty vindictive piece of shit. I think so. He's not the, I don't think the he's foolish, not, doddering old man, at least in these regards. I mean, like, think about what they, you know, you try to paint George W. Bush as a doddering fool. Right. To a certain extent, that's true. But, I mean, it can't be because he is a shrewd enough politician to have been elected fucking president. But he was smart enough to, like, choose Karl Rove. Right. And surround himself with people that worked for his father. Right. You know, and he and he jumped the line. He he jumped in front of his brothers, Jeb. You know, he jumped in front of Jeb to get elected. Like he knows what he's doing. He may come across as a fucking dolt. Yeah, it's the same reason there's those guys that are making hundreds of let's whatever, millions of dollars on Wall Street. They're fucking morons, but in their one thing, they can shake that they can grab another guy's, you know, forearm and give that hard Wall Street handshake and fucking wheel and deal a guy, and then there you go. They don't... And that's like, think, like, he knows how to make things happen, whether or not it's just like, he is connected to people. Like, it's like Stormy Daniels is not a prostitute, she's a porn star. Right. So whether he promised her to be on Apprentice, or I, I mean, I don't, there's something there. He didn't just like, give her money to fuck him. Like, no, there has yeah. to be some sort of, like, I'm not saying he's fucking Casanova, but... No, he strung her along. It, it's not about that. It's the money, like, to say, I as a presidential candidate, people frown yeah. against you cheating. It doesn't even have to do with her station. Of course, that's the salacious part, but they just frown against you cheating on your wife and kid. That's just the thing. Even though everybody does it, yeah. every, everyone is... Maybe not Bush. He was too busy drinking O'Doul's, <laughs> watching. You know, I'm. I, I've, for some reason, I feel like George W. Bush, like he's really into like the Ameri- professional American soccer, like just weird shit. MLS. Yeah, yeah. like he really loves the. He's a big fan Red of Bulls. like the Toledo Heat or whatever the <laughs> fuck. You know, some stupid ass team. The Houston Astronauts. Oh wait. <laughs> Is that what the... Holy shit. You finally... We finally put it together. Light bulb. I'm a fucking moron. (laughs) Same here. I'm a fucking idiot. Holy smokes. I don't know. It sounds spacey. 
No, it's astronauts, you fucking retards. God. <laughs> oh, man. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. And now, the beginning of a dramatic reading of a screenplay by Hans Freiwald. Don, Franny, Maggie, and Don. Parentheses, offline, by Hans Freiwald. Fade in, interior, Don's apartment, bedroom, day, Don Edison, 30. <laughs> Don Edison, 30, clean cut, dressed in casual pajamas, lays in bed. Laying next to him is his fiancée, Maggie Holmes, 25, looking very attractive, yet also dressed down in pajamas, with minimal makeup and wearing glasses. They are laying in a loving, jovial, playful manner. They are drinking wine as they speak into each other's smartphones. What? Don, who am I? Smartphone, voiceover. Hmm, looking up, who am I? Found it. You are Maggie Holmes. Address 10-35 Jackson Ave, Queens. Don, laughing, interrupts the smartphone with a command. Please refer to me from now on as Maggie Edison, the groovy booby sex pot. Maggie chuckles as she finishes her wine. Smartphone, V-O. Okay, you are now Maggie Edison, the groovy booby sex pot. Maggie, interrupting the smartphone, rises from the bed with her empty wine glass. Maggie, not yet I'm not, pal. Groovy booby, you're an idiot. Want some more wine? Don leans over to her and, handing her over his wine glass, kisses her thigh. Yes, please. Thank you, Bubba. Maggie grabs Don's glass and exits the bedroom. Maggie's phone rings. Don looks at the screen, which states, Unknown caller. Don answers the call. Side note, is this, like, super boring? Doesn't matter. Back in. Don silently listens to the caller on the other line. Don's expression becomes blank as he slowly takes the phone away from his ear. Maggie calls to him from the other room. Maggie, off screen. Don, we're out of red. Should I open some white? Don, sitting emotionless, doesn't respond. Maggie, off screen. Don. Don. That's where we'll leave it. We'll continue next reading. Interior, Don's apartment. Living room day. Don, looking rather disheveled, stands motionless, staring at a desktop computer, sitting upon a desk. Now I'm going to continue. Don, looking rather disheveled, stands motionless, staring at a desktop computer, sitting upon a desk. The computer screen is clean, except for one document. It is an icon in the shape of an envelope, and a heart is centralized within it, displayed perfectly central. Under the document, it reads, Please read me, Don. Don reads the command of the document silently in his head via Maggie's voice. Maggie, voiceover, straightforward. Please read me, Don. The dialogue of the next scene should be spoken directly after Maggie's voiceover. Interior office building, corner office, day. Rich Michaels, 35, slick, clean cut, wearing a Bluetooth device in his ear, sits at his desk attempting to get Don's attention. Don! Don! Don, unkempt, poorly dressed, especially in comparison to Rich. It is also magnified by the professional surroundings. Sits lethargically in a chair across from Rich. What? 
Rich is clearly frustrated at Don's lack of concentration. What? What is right? What is it gonna take here? Look, Margie was a great old gal, but... Maggie. You see? That's what I mean right there. Don, these women, I mean, these bitches, just end up being distractions, and we're not in the business of... Rich is interrupted by a phone call coming through his Bluetooth device. He puts his finger up to Don, as so Don were the one speaking. Hold it, Donnie. Gotta take this. Quickly clicks the device and answers the call. Rich, aggressive. Rich Michaels, go. What? Rachel? I said I'd call you when I'm done. I'm in a meeting. With who? Doesn't matter. Oh, well, that's just rich. I told you it was over. I know what I said. Fine. Love you too. Bye. Rich leans back in his chair, shaking his head in frustration. He leans forward toward Don. What do you want me to say here? Shit happens. Shit. Life is shit, pal. You just heard that shit? Right. You get caught one time and your damn wife thinks you're cheating on her. The nerve of this twat. You should consider yourself lucky. Lucky? Hell yeah. You're an eligible bachelor now. I'd kill to be in Don's shoes. Time to get back on that horse and ride, cowboy. You're one of the best we got. We need you. Hell, you're going to make me say it? Fine. I need you. Don Blase. Sure. Rich's face quickly takes on a more stern appearance. Don, we gave you the Henderson account. The Henderson account. Believe me, you earned it. You did. But all I'm hearing is that you're cacking it up. Henderson tells me you haven't returned any of his calls, his emails. Shit, you even missed the video conference this morning. What say you? I'm having a connection thing. Rich is now visibly agitated. Well, get it fixed. This is a big fucking deal, Don. And you, my friend, are fucking it. Get your shit together. Outside sorry time is over. Understand? Rich's phone rings and he quickly answers it. You got me. Go. Tony. Hold on a sec, hon. Rich, sporting a sleazy smile, snaps rudely towards Don, motioning him for her to leave. Okay, good talk, Don. So let's pick it up. Okay, pal? Don gets up out of his chair and begins to exit. Rich continues to engage in his phone conversation. Rich, OC, off camera. So, jeez. So let me ask you one question. Thong. Scene. The next scene is exterior sidewalk dusk, and I think it gets spicy there. I, I just remember something rough, but um, see you next week.